Father God, we come before you today to worship in your presence, to lift up your name, and to thank you for being an awesome God. I just ask that you would bless this time that we're all gathered together. I thank you that your word says that when we are, that you're here with us. I just ask that you would send a spirit of peace over everyone that's here today and everyone that's watching, Father. I ask you to bless the word and the music in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.
together it's an opportunity yes. for you to enter in and you can sit there and just mind your own business and be a bump on a log so to speak <laughs> and that's what you're going to get but if you choose to enter in and you yes. say lord i want to come into your presence Hallelujah. i want to experience you in all of your fullness thank you jesus and the lord is inviting us to come it's up to us to choose to enter in and to yes. make that effort to say lord here i am i'm coming I want to read you a passage from uh, Psalms 107. As I go along, I think you'll realize why I'm reading this. But, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Yes. For his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered out of the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way, they found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city for a dwelling place. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Those who sat in darkness, in the shadow of death, bound in affliction and irons, because they rebelled against the words of God, and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor, and they fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them 
out of their stresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. And he broke their chains in pieces. Yes. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of bronze. <clears throat> he has cut the bars of iron in two. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Hallelujah. There are so many crazy things going on right now in our country and in the world. And yet, if we will cry out to the Lord, just like the psalmist is talking about in this passage, they had all these horrible things going on. Their lives were messed up. They were in the shadow of death. They were bound in shackles and in prison. But when they cried out to the Lord, he delivered them. Hallelujah. He is not deaf. Thank you, Jesus. And his hand is not shortened, but he can reach out and he can touch us right where Amen. we are. And all this stuff that's going on, yes. I don't understand it. But maybe that's so that we'll get right. Yeah. Maybe the Lord is, is bringing us to a place where we are so desperate that we'll say, Lord, we need you. It's only you. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Lord, this morning, I pray that as we worship you, Yes. If we lift our hearts and voices to lift you up, Lord, yes. because you alone are God and you yes. alone are worthy. Thank you, Jesus. We choose to exalt you. Yes, sir. Put you on the throne of our hearts this morning, Lord. Yes. We choose to yes. worship you because you are worthy yes. of glory and Thank honor you, and praise. If our world is falling apart, you're still worthy, yes. Lord. Yes. If our world yes. is all messed up, you're still worthy. Yes. And if our world Jesus. gets straightened out, Hallelujah. you're still worthy because yes. you don't ever change. Thank you, Jesus. You alone are God and yes. you are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, this morning we choose the choice of our heart is to come before you yes, and to Jesus. worship you, to yes. lift up your name. We yes. will lift up our voices. We Hallelujah. will sing. We will yes. shout. We will Thank clap. You, we will worship you Hallelujah. with all of our heart yes. this morning. Hallelujah. And as we do that, Lord, come and just pour your spirit on us. Refresh us in your presence. Yes. Speak to us. Stir us and change us yes. in your presence, Lord. Yes, change us now as Thank we worship you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.
Worship you in your presence, Jesus. 
calling us to come and Lord we we build an altar for you to you in our hearts right where we are if you want to come to the altar that's fine but you can make an altar right where you are the altar is between you and God where you're saying I'm coming I'm presenting myself we sang about it in so many different ways this morning but I really believe this morning that there are people that you are listening 
the voices of the past. You're thinking about things that happened, things that were done. You're thinking about all the, the stuff that you have regrets over. And those voices will drive you crazy. We need to learn to listen to the voice of the Lord. The Lord is saying, come to the altar. Leave behind all your shame and regret and your guilt and your fears and your doubts and your anxieties and, and all the, I wish I could do overs. You can't do over. All you can do is move forward. But when you move forward in the Lord, all that stuff just begins to melt away. I am redeemed. He's, he's broken off all those heavy chains. Thank you, Jesus. I'm wiping Hallelujah. away all those stains. I'm just Thank getting you, rid of all that stuff in the past. All my life, people have probably questioned me, and I've questioned myself most of all, thinking that I'm unworthy, thinking that I've, I'm a failure, thinking that I've not done the things that I was supposed to do. Jesus. I'm tired of that. I want to hear what God's saying about me. You know what God is saying about you and me and all of us? God is saying, I love you so much. I gave everything for you. I love you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Honey. And I see you as a treasure. You're not a messed up failure. You are a treasure that Thank I gave you, everything for. Hallelujah. That's what God is saying about us. Can we just receive that? Can we just for, for a little while? Maybe just this morning. We'll take a little bit at a time. But this morning, would you just say, I believe what you say, God. I believe what you say about me. I don't believe what the enemy says about me. I don't want to listen to what the world says about me. I don't want to listen to what school teachers have said or coaches or our friends or our family. I don't want to listen to anybody but you. Yes, Because, Lord God, you love me. And you know all that's wrong with me. You know all my laws and my failings and my shortcomings and you still love me and you still desire me you still call me your child you still invite me to come to be in your presence so lord help me just to say yes this morning yes to your voice yes to you lord i reject and renounce all those lies of the enemy i reject and renounce all those things in my past i break agreement with that i'm not going to be that way anymore i'm going to be a new creation i'm going to be new in every way because you are making me new thank you jesus thank you lord you are changing me you're healing my soul breathing life into me shining your glory light into me right now exposing every area that's it's been broken every area that I've I've listened to the wrong voices Lord I repent of that I want to listen to your voice I want to believe what you say I've lived enough of my life believing what what I believe and believing what people say I want to believe what you say deliver me Lord deliver me from my past deliver me today so that I can walk from this point forward with my head held high knowing that I am redeemed that I'm not walking in guilt or shame of the past anymore. And I'm not a failure. Maybe I have failed, but in your eyes, I am not a failure. I am a child of the living God. And you have given me all that you have as my inheritance. And my inheritance is you, Lord. And I thank you for that. 
Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us those words that we need to hear, each of us, so that we would be assured of your salvation, that we'd be assured of your forgiveness, that we'd be assured of your victory that's working in us. Lord, you have called us to walk with you that is triumphant. You are making us to be more than conquerors through what you've accomplished on the cross, Lord, and we thank you for that. Help us to see that. Help us to believe that. Give us your grace, Lord, to, to trust you and to walk with you and to grab a hold of, just like Paul said, I lay hold. I lay hold of these things. I haven't already apprehended it or I had not already made it, but I'm looking forward. I'm pressing into the mark, the high calling. I'm not giving up until I'm there. I'm grabbing a hold. Lord, I want to grab a hold this morning of you. Grab a hold of your plan and purpose for my life. Not be distracted by lies of the enemy. Not be distracted by all the confusion of the world. Lord, I see, I see opportunities. Opportunities to rise up and be the man that you've called me to be. To be the person that you've called me to be. To be the mom, the dad, the brother, the son. The person you've called me to be, Lord. The employee, the employer. You have a plan for each one of us, Lord. And you've called each one of us. Help us to hear your voice. See what you're saying to us so that we would know when we walk with you, we're walking in your favor and your blessing. Speak to us, Lord. Change us now, Lord, in your presence. I say yes to you. No to all the lies of the enemy. Every lie and deception I've agreed with in my past, I just renounce that now and I say no more. I'm going to believe what you say about me. You say, I am your child. That's good enough for me. I don't need anybody else to confirm that. When I hear you say it, it is enough. Thank you, Lord. I just want to invite you to just enjoy the presence of the Lord a minute. Just let your mind relax and just think about all of his goodness all the things that you don't even know that God has been pouring favor and blessing out on you for years and years you're here you're not in the ground you're here you're not at home sick you're here you're not you're not lost you're found. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's enough to get excited about, folks. It's enough to understand that that he has been working in us and for us and through us, even when we don't see it. We look at our lives and sometimes we we get focused on all the external and temporary things, where we live, what we have, how much money we make, uh, all, all those things. But God is looking beyond all that and he's seeing our heart. Because when all else is done, when we leave this earth, we're only going to leave with what is the makeup of our heart and our relationship with the Lord. We can't take anything with us. All this other stuff that distracts us and makes us anxious and we, we scrape and scrounge and fight and judge and all the things we do trying to make our way in this life to be successful and the success we really need is just in our relationship with the Lord 
all the other things are going to pass away. They're going to fade and they're going to be gone. And they're not going to, they're not going to matter for eternity. All that's going to matter in eternity is you and the Lord. Mercy endures forever. He is good and his mercy endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. You are good, Lord, and your mercy endures forever. Help me to know that, Lord. To know that with all of my heart, so that I would not be distracted, that I would not be discouraged, that nothing of this life change that knowledge in me that you are good yes mercy endures forever and you've poured that out on me your goodness abounds towards me lord and i thank you for that i thank you that your mercy is fresh and new every day i thank you that your goodness is abounding towards us lord this morning you are pouring out your goodness oh lord and i thank you even when we have struggles lord when the enemy comes in like a flood, you will raise up a standard, the Spirit of the Lord. You will raise up, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You will raise up our victory. Yes, yes. And the enemy is coming in. We see that all around us. Thank you, And yet we are not going to be overcome with evil, but we are going to overcome evil with good, Lord, because you are working in us. Your Spirit is upon us, and your Spirit is anointing us. Oh, we want to be like you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. The Word says, for this reason, where you manifested in the world that you could destroy the works of the devil. And you went about doing good, healing the sick and all who were oppressed of the enemy. Well, this morning, Lord, that's who we want to be, like you. We want to destroy the works of the enemy. We want to go about doing good, laying hands on the sick, casting out evil in every form. Lord, and we stand on behalf of this nation is your people, those who are called by your name. And first of all, Lord, we do humble ourselves and we confess that we've not, we've not honored you like we should have in every way. We are flawed, and Lord, we ask that you forgive us. We repent and turn from our wicked ways. Help us to be more in tune with you and your spirit, Lord, and your purposes, that the, the lackadaisical ways that we have followed as your church, your people, we have allowed so much to transpire that it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to reverse it but you lord god you're able to do the impossible yes, Jesus. lord your word says if we would humble ourselves and pray turn then you would hear us from heaven you would forgive us you would heal this land so lord that's what we pray today that you heal this land forgive us for our our turning from you lord we have called evil good and good evil. 
We have enshrined that in law and we've made it the law of the land, Lord, and for that, we repent, we turn, we ask that you forgive us, Lord. Turn our hearts, cause a spirit of repentance to fall on this land. Thank you, Jesus. We once again place you in the center of all of our activities, in the center of all our legislative and judicial actions, Lord, that you would be the center of everything, the truth of your word. Lord, we ask that you reveal the truth, let the truth come out, that all lies of deception and corruption and fraud will be exposed, Lord, and that those who are guilty will be exposed and brought to justice, Lord. Make them accountable. Heal this land, Lord. Heal us of this virus. We speak against that virus and say, go in Jesus' name. Wither up and die in Jesus' name. Loose us from the grip of that virus that we'd be free physically, emotionally. The fear would be gone. That we'd rise up spiritually and be men and women of God who would preach and proclaim the truth of your word. And Lord, that you would heal us economically. That we'd be free to give like we've always done, Lord. That we would be the most generous nation on the earth giving to the gospel, giving to the poor, helping those who are oppressed and needy all over the world, Lord. Stir our hearts this morning and cause us to rise up and be the people that you've called us to be, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you, guys. Well, Good to see you guys here this morning, everybody who's here. And you're not here, you're joining us from uh, remote uh, devices, then uh, I'm glad you're there too. I've never asked you to do this before, but uh, if you got a bulletin, uh, you might read over the little CELA. I think uh, might encourage you. We're going through some difficult times uh, in this nation. And I think we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. Uh, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to start thinking about things that uh, are temporary, things that really we can't control. We get our eyes on people. You know, we, we vote. We think a politician's going to fix everything. Uh, truth is, I don't care how much you love a particular politician or how good they've done, they're not going to fix our problems. Um, our problem is going to have to be fixed by the Lord because it is a spiritual problem. And those that we don't like as politicians and all the things that we see going on that we get upset about, we have to remember that those are not people that are causing us the problem. It's a spiritual battle that's going on. The enemy is at work, and he is influencing people, and he is... Uh, as Mitch prayed about, you know, the, in, in the Bible it says that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. And he, he is controlling men's hearts and minds. And so you can get mad at a person because you don't believe like they believe, but you need to get mad at the devil. And you need to love people. And so I've been praying more and more and more that God would give me a deeper, greater love for people and that I would, would hate sin and be disgusted by sin, and yet I could love people who are sinners. It's a weird balance, but God can do that for you. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to love, but we're called to be separated from sin. And so the balance is that <clears throat> you don't look at people in that same way that you've always looked at them. You have to look at people as, as people that God loves. 
even the ones that are despicable, the ones that are doing horrible things, the ones that are perverted, murderers and rapists and terrorists. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to think about that, but that's, we are called to love everyone. God loves them. And when we pray for people, we need to pray that God will bring conviction into them. Yeah, pray that God will turn their hearts. But let's pray, let's pray that God would save them, that God would extend his mercy and grace to them. I don't want to pray fire down from heaven on them. The disciples offered to do that for Jesus, and he said, you don't even know what spirits you're of. We're supposed to love. We're not in the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant, and I believe, I believe this, that God did everything he did in the Old Covenant, under the old, on the, in the Old Testament. All that stuff about, you know, kill your enemies and hate your enemies and bring them into submission and all that. When Jesus came... He made it clear that we are called to love, we're called to forgive, we're called to bless those that persecute us, we're called to, to do the things that Jesus did. And even when he was tortured, hung on a cross, and in his dying breath, basically, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He saw that it was a spiritual battle. And all that stuff in the Old Covenant, it's there so that we would understand that it's a spiritual battle. And back then, they were told to destroy the enemy. And we were told to destroy the works of the enemy. And the works of the enemy is what he's doing in people's lives. It's not the people. We don't need to get mad at the people. We need to get mad at the devil. We need a good anger worked up towards him. And we need to be praying and believing that God would loose people that are in bondage. Because that's what it is. They're in bondage. They can't help it. They don't know any better. Before you were a believer, you didn't know any better. You just you did what you knew to do. And that was probably the way you were taught and the way all your friends acted. And, you know, you, somebody kicks you in the shin, you kick them in the shin. That's the way you respond. Somebody, somebody hits you, you draw back and slug them. Hit them harder. You know, they hit me with a, hit me with a straw. Hit them with a baseball bat. You know, I mean, that's, that's the way you're taught, most of us. But God has a different plan. He wants us to be heaping coals of fire on their head so that even our enemies can be brought to peace. That's what, that's what we need to be praying, that God would do something miraculous in this nation. And it would happen because God's people rise up and pray. We need to take a stand. We need to be praying. I think that's why we are where we are, because we haven't been praying like we should have. It hasn't been important enough to us. We haven't been fasting and praying. We haven't been dedicating uh, time every day to pray for our nation. I freely admit I'm a lot more inspired right now than I've been in the past about praying for the nation. Uh, and you probably are too. And that's why I read that passage of scripture out of Psalms 107 this morning because we see all that same stuff happening. We're getting desperate. You know, we're starting to worry about what's it going to be like for us financially? What's it going to be like for us spiritually? What's it going to be like for us, you know, in all of our activities? And we get desperate and we start crying out to the Lord. That's when he's going to come and he's going to rescue us. But if we're just, doop, 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 whatever. I'm not saying that God wants us to suffer, but he wants us to be desperate for him. Amen. He wants our heart. That's what he's always wanted. And sometimes he lets us get what we get because we choose poorly. And because of that, then we become desperate for him again. My desire is that we would become desperate when we aren't desperate yet. We don't have to wait until we're in a desperate situation to become desperate for him. So we've been talking in... Uh, Colossians chapter 1, 
<clears throat> I haven't been keeping up with uh, how many weeks, but it's been a little while. It takes a while uh, when you go word by word, and uh, getting close to being through the first chapter. And I'm, I'm excited about um, what the Lord is, uh, is doing in me through all this, and I hope, I hope that's working out for you that same way. God is faithful, and His Word is powerful and anointed. And when we, when we read His Word, we begin to meditate on His Word and what things mean, uh, it can change us. God's Word is very powerful. We just need to, we need to be hearing the Word, speaking the Word, praying the Word, meditating on the Word. And that really means just to mull it over, think about it, ponder it, keep bringing it up over and over again. When we do that... Uh, the Lord can, can reveal new truths to you and can speak to you through his word. So we're going to read uh, verses 23 through 26 today. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. And last week we ended with... Uh, Verse 23, we didn't get all the way through it, but if indeed you continue. And by the way, I would call this, we've been talking about it in, as Paul's prayer, because when he first started out, it was a greeting, and then he started, he started saying, man, I'm praying for you guys. I'm praying that y'all would know who you are in Christ and know everything about it. And he was going on and on. Now, I'm going to call it Paul's exhortation, because he's telling them, it's an exhortation in sufferings. And he's saying, you guys are experiencing some of the same stuff that I am. We all are suffering. We have afflictions. We have problems. And you know, in our lives, we may not have anything to be compared with what the early church did, but we have struggles. We do have challenges in our life. People aren't, you know, right now, people aren't really restricting our activities. They aren't threatening to kill us or put us in jail. Not in this country. I mean, all over the world, Christians are put in jail and, and uh, martyred. But we have challenges. Maybe it's a challenge of, of just our job. Maybe it's a challenge of managing our household. Maybe it's a challenge of getting along with other people. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you could name a thousand things. We all have challenges and struggles. Those are afflictions. They're sufferings. They're issues that we have to deal with. Some are big. Some are small. Some may not be anything except in our own mind, and we blow them out of proportion, they become really huge. You know, they, they say you make a mountain into a, a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah, yeah, a molehill. Make a mountain out of a molehill. You make something big out of something little. So 
We don't want to do that. But, that's, but that is kind of a natural response, especially when you start thinking about things. You start thinking about what someone said, and you start thinking, well, I wonder if they meant this, or I wonder if they, you know. And then first thing you know, it's like, wow, those no good rotten, you know, they said, you know. And, and you, you just, you make it into something huge when it was really, it was nothing. And, and some of us are worse about that than others. But, but there are all kinds of situations in life that we struggle with. And the Lord wants us to see that he has made a way that we can walk through all that and still have peace, still have joy, still have hope for the future. We can still love. We can still do all the things that we've been called to do, even though everything is not just perfect and exactly like we would like for it to be. Do you like struggles? No. I don't either. Are you going to have struggles? Yes. You might as well just kind of get it in your mind that, you know, it's, you're going to have some issues. And you might as well get your mind right and just say, okay, I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to work through this. And I'm not going to lose hope. I'm not going to lose heart. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to keep pressing into the Lord and follow Him. And I'm going to read in his Bible, in the Word, I want to find in the Bible places where it talks about the kind of struggles I'm going through. Because if you want to be changed, if you want to make it through victoriously, then figure out what God says about your struggle. He's got the answer for all of your struggles. It may not be, it may not be quite as obvious. Sometimes you have to look for a principle or a truth, because he's not going to say in the Bible, you know, go down to such and such an automotive repair shop and get your car fixed. I mean, they didn't have cars. It's not that specific. But he can say, find someone that can help you with your problem. Call for the elders of the church and let them lay hands on you. I mean, there are, there are answers for all of your questions and problems in the Word of God. But we just have to look for them. If you don't look and you're not thinking with a little bit of creativity... You're just going to be looking for black and white, you know, that I'm going to just need this, you know, and it just doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you'll pray and say, Lord, reveal something to me and show me. And there, I mean, I mean, word for word, just exactly what you need. But sometimes you have to be a little more open and creative. So if indeed you continue, that means to persevere. Last week I told you about that uh, Endeavor to persevere. We have to endeavor to persevere. That means you've got to keep on trying. And you've got to make up your mind. You've got to say, I'm gonna, I am going to do it. I'm not going to just try a little bit. If it doesn't work out, I give up. That's what most of us do. We try a little bit. And if it doesn't work out, we say, oh, well, you know, I guess that wasn't God's plan. Or I guess you know, I'm not going to be able to do that. You've you got to make your mind up and say, I'm going to stay the course. And the course is wherever God is leading him. He doesn't want us to remain in bondage. He doesn't want us to remain in discouragement or doubt or fear. He wants us to walk in hope and faith and love and peace. And he wants us to be victorious. Your situation may not change, but you can be victorious. And that's, that's where we, we get it wrong a lot of times. Just like dealing with people and you look at someone and and you think, man, those, that person is bad. Well, that person probably has spiritual issues. And it's the enemy working through them that's affecting you. That person is not as bad as you think they are. They just, they just need to be saved like you need to be saved. In the same way about our circumstances and situations. 
We, we have to persevere. We have to stay the course. Don't give in to them. Make your mind up you're going to stay the course. And you do it by faith, and you do it by being grounded and steadfast. That means you're, you're trusting in Jesus, his faithfulness, and you are persuaded, and you are strengthened, or you've laid a foundation that is built in him and his word, and you know that no matter what happens in life, you have this foundation that's going to hold you. It's got you grounded. It's holding you steadfast. You're not going to move. Yesterday, I was outside a little bit, uh, and the wind was, she was a-blowing. And I had a, I got some old storage buildings at my house, and they're not in very good condition. And Tracy said, oh, the wind blew the doors off those buildings. You need to go out there and fix it. I was like, oh, yay, yay. So I went out there, and I'm, I'm, my back was out of whack this week, but I thought, well, I can do that. You know, so I got my, all my stuff, and got some, I had some four by eight sheets of plywood, went down there and, you know, and whoosh, like, whoa, I mean, it was, it was blowing, and I, I was by myself, so I, I was trying to put stuff up, and I was trying to hold it, and about the time I try to get a screw, you know, whoosh, here comes the wind, anyway, I needed to be grounded, I needed to have some, you know, some uh, anchors on my shoes or something, you know, kind of, uh, <laughs> I needed an extra hand or two is what I needed. But I got it done because I persevered. Amen. I didn't give up. I said, you know, I can do this. It's just going to take me a little while. It's probably going to aggravate me. It's not going to be perfect. And then the funny thing is, about two hours later, the wind had died down. And I was thinking, man, I should have waited till now. You know? But you never know. I didn't know the wind was going to die down. Um, I'm pretty bad about putting things off. So a lot of times... My sweet wife will say, would you go do this? And I'll say, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And then, you know, I, I'm right in the middle of something, and I just forget about it. And then later, it's like, you never did do that. It's like, oh, I forgot. I'll, I'll do that. And, and I get busy, and I forget. And then next thing I know, she's done. and said, just forget it. I did it myself. Like, mm. So sometimes I just decide, you know, okay, I'm going to do it right now so I don't forget. That's the best thing for me. And... It's kind of a funny thing in relationships like that, but she, she will say, don't do it right now, but I would like for you to do this. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, okay. You know, so I just do, 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 and I'm doing whatever. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, she's in there doing it and grappling about it. And it's like, okay. I mean, I heard you say, don't do it right now. And yet you went and did it because you wanted me to do it right now. So I guess that's code. That means don't do it right now. That means get up and go do it right now. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay, though, because I say all kinds of things like that, and she probably is wondering what in the world is that nut talking about. So there's a lot of challenges in life. And, um, and you know, the closer you are to people, the easier it is to offend someone or to have a problem because, you know, you say something. And, and the truth is, those that we're close to, there's a greater expectation that they're not going to ever do anything that's going to hurt you. And that's, you know, I mean, that's the way we kind of think, but it's, it's a flawed theory because we're all going to do things that, that offend people from time to time. I and mean, we don't want to. Well, hopefully you don't want to. But, 
But, you know, sometimes you just, you know, you'll say something and they misunderstand what you meant. Or maybe, maybe a situation comes up, uh, just, just like I was talking about, where someone says, you know, I need you to help me with this. Okay, yeah, I'll help you. When do you want to do it? Well, I don't know. Just tell me when, you, you know, when you're ready. And then, you know, you forget about it. And then the next thing you know, there's, there's a problem because you never helped them. I mean, people that you're close to, they expect you to be thinking about them and watching out for them and helping them and doing all the things that make them happy. And we should. We really should. That's, you know, we talked about that, that word please. It pleased the Father to let all the fullness dwell in, in the Son. And that word please, it means that it should delight us to make other people happy. It should delight you to make your spouse happy. It should delight you to make your friends happy. It should delight you to make the Lord happy. I mean, we ought to be that way. Some of us are more kind and generous and thoughtful than others, just naturally. Some of us are, you know, we're pretty much selfish slobs and we just do what we want and we want what we want and um, we want everybody else to do stuff for us. But we ought to all be working towards that, that plan for us, which is God's plan, that we would delight in pleasing other people. I'm not saying to be a men-pleaser. I'm just saying we ought to be pleased by making other people happy. So serving, saying kind words, doing, doing little things. You know, I mean, if you're a husband or a wife or a son or a daughter or, you know, I mean, whatever kind of relationship it is, if you, you just write a little note. Hey, I love you. I thank you for all that you do. Maybe a little gift. You don't have to do anything elaborate. You can do something elaborate, but sometimes just, just remembering something simple. I'm thinking about you. We ought to continue in the faith, be grounded and steadfast, and not moved away. Not moved away. Now, I'm, I'm not speaking here about your salvation. I'm talking about just a general sense of your relationship with the Lord, that you need to be continuing in the faith, and you need to be grounded and steadfast, and that you are not moved away. And that word moved away, it means to move from one setting or context to another, to shift to cause to cease or to be shaken from. Now, yesterday I about got shaken from my task. I, uh, and, and that's what happens. You know, sometimes there is a shaking that's going on. And it, it may not be that you're choosing. It may not be that, that you have any control over it. But you have to keep holding on. You have to hold on. You have to continue. Be steadfast and grounded in your faith and do not be moved away. Because when you, when you cease, when you stop, when you're shifted from, from your grounding in the Lord, and you shift over to being ungrounded, and you're believing in something else, or you're doing something else, or you're distracted, then you're in a situation where you are going to be moved even more because you're not grounded in the truth anymore. You have to be grounded in the truth. And there is only 
One truth. And I know that sounds arrogant to some people, but Jesus Christ is the truth. And the Word of God is a representation of who God is. It is the truth. When you deviate from the truth, then you're dealing with stuff that's maybe it's partially true, maybe it's only true in certain instances, maybe it's only true in someone's mind. It's not the truth. I think there was a kind of a little skit on Saturday Night Live years ago that people would say, well, that's your truth. And, you know, and, and that's, that's really pretty accurate because there's a lot of people that believe things and they are not the truth, but it's their truth. And we have to stay grounded in the truth. Don't be moved away from the truth because if you get shaken loose from the truth, you get moved away, you get shifted over to some other place, then you're going to be in trouble. You don't want to be moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard. So the, the hope is someone or something on which expectations are centered. It's an expectation of good, a great expectation. We are expecting something good. That's what hope is. We're not, you don't say, I'm hoping to have a horrible disaster in my life. We're hoping for good things. And when our hope is founded in the gospel, it's founded in the truth of Jesus Christ, then we know that he wants to do good for us and in us and through us. That's why our hope can be secure in him because we know that it's going to be good. It's not a bad hope. It's not a bad thing to hope in. And it's sure and it's steadfast. Hebrews 6, For when God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. You hear that? It's an end of all dispute. So when you, when you believe, you grab a hold of what God says, your hope is fixed in that. It is an end of all dispute about the truth, about what's going to happen. I mean, when you grab a hold of that and you say, this is it. I am fixed on this. I'm not going to be deterred. I'm not going to be moved away. I'm not going to be shifted to another spot. I'm holding the course because my hope is in him. Thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. He confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie that we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. We fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. We're grabbing a hold of the hope. The hope is in the gospel. It is in the, what Jesus accomplished at the cross. When we believe what he says and we grab a hold of that, our hope is fixed in that truth and we are not shifted away and moved away. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. This hope we have is an anchor of the soul. Don't, don't be moved away from your hope and the truth of God's word and who he is and what he's done for us. 
Our hope needs to be focused on the right thing. And I'm telling you, if you get your hope focused on a man or a plan or some philosophical thing or some political thing, you're going to be disappointed. You get your hope focused on a pastor or a preacher or a prophet, you're going to be disappointed. And I hope you guys love me, but I hope you're not putting too much hope in me because I'm probably going to fail. I'm probably going to disappoint you sometime. But if your hope is in Jesus, your hope is anchored in that truth, you won't be disappointed because hope cannot disappoint. It will not disappoint and it cannot because it's the hope and the truth of the gospel. It is not in a man except the man Jesus Christ. And what he accomplished on the cross makes it all possible. Our hope needs to be in him and his provision, not in people, not in uh, a political system. You know, we... With all this mess that's going on, we had all these hopes and we had all these ideas. Well, this is going to happen. Well, that's going to happen. You know, if you're on the internet, I mean, there's all kinds of things on the internet. It's got to be true if it's on the internet, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, there were all kinds of things being reported that were going to happen. Oh, you know, big things coming, big things coming. And, you know, there may still be something big coming. All I know is the election is over. And what we see right now is what we have, and it, it's not what most of us wanted, and we're not happy about it. We are disappointed, probably, and uh, it's okay to have some disappointment about the way things work out, but it don't, don't let it ruin your hope. Don't let it move you away from your faith in the gospel. That's where your hope needs to be. Your hope needs to be fixed on Jesus. And the gospel. The gospel is the good news. It's the good news concerning the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done. He has provided salvation and dominion to us through what he accomplished through his death on the cross. That's the, that is the good news. That's the hope. That word gospel, it's euangelion. That means it, it is the good news. It is the good news, the gospel. And the good news is that we were sinners, we were lost, but Jesus came and he died in our place and he made a way for us to have a relationship with God. That's the good news. And it's pretty good news. You ought to get excited about it. We ought to be wanting to tell everybody about it. Everywhere we go, we ought to be wanting to tell people this great news that we have. So it says, you heard that. You heard the gospel. You listened to it. You heeded it. You comprehended it. You understood it. You gave ear to a teaching or the teacher. So when you hear the gospel, when you hear the good news, when you hear what God is saying and you begin to listen and respond and say, yes, I received that. That's when things can change in your life. When you begin to believe the truth instead of the lies. When your hope is fixed on him and it's all about him. You're not worrying about the things that you experience every day, your heart is on Him. You heard it. You heeded it. You comprehended it. You gave ear to it. It was preached. It was heralded. So, you know, nowadays we've got everything and, you know, newspapers and radio and television and internet and all, the, you know, notifications on your cell phone. I mean, it's just bombarding you. But back in the days of the old covenant and the in the new, new church starting. You know, they didn't have all that. 
And so they had the scroll, you know, and they had the guy, the, the herald, you know, the, and he had come and, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Here's what, you know, King Joe says. And he would read them the news and what, what they were supposed to do and obey. And that's how they, had, that's how they spread the news. That's the idea you get when you talk about preaching the gospel. It's a herald. It's someone that's saying, hey, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Look what I got. I've got good news. You know, the newspaper boys, they used to stand on the corner. Hey, here's the news. Read all about it. You know, read all about it. Here it is. That's what we need to be doing about our relationship with Jesus. We need to be saying, man, this is so good. You've got to hear about it. You've got to hear my testimony. Let me share with you what God did in my life. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. I was all messed up, and now I'm not so messed up anymore. Notice I didn't say I'm perfect now. We ought to get excited about what Jesus has done. We ought to be preaching that. We ought to be, we ought to be saying, well, I got some good news. You know, when you hear about a sale down at the, at the local haberdashery, whatever it is, you know, whatever story you're talking about, and you're all excited telling your friend, man, they got it down there for two for five dollars. You know, it's a bargain, man. Go down there and buy a whole truckload. You know, you can't beat that. We ought to get just excited and more so about Jesus. We, we think about things in, in so messed up perspective sometimes. And we just get excited about all the temporal things. We get excited about things that, that are just not eternal at all. And the things that are eternal, we're like, well, you know, no, not so much. We'll keep that for Sunday. We're supposed to be all like heralds. Hear you, hear you, hear you. I was lost, but now I'm found. I got the good news right here. It's in Jesus Christ. That is the good news. You know, that's been a failing of man, I think, since the very beginning, is that we have focused on the temporal instead of the eternal. We see what's right in front of us. Adam and Eve, you know, like, yeah, that fruit looks good, you know, and it's going to make us smart. And they, they just missed the whole boat because they, they were focusing on something that was temporary. And we've done that ourselves. I've, you know, I've done it a bajillion times in my own life, you know. Every day, decisions we're making. It's like, well, you know, I'll do this, or I'll do that, or I'll say this, or I'll eat that, or I'll drink this, or I'll, you know, go here or go there, or I won't do this. I mean, all, all those little choices, they don't seem like much, but... But what if, what if on a regular daily basis we were just to, to say, Lord, today, today I'm going to do what you want me to do. Today I'm going to choose you in every situation and circumstance. Today I'm going to give you my yes. I'm not going to go the place I shouldn't go. I'm not going to watch the things I shouldn't watch. I'm not going to click on that computer button. I'm not going to, you know, you fill in the blank. I'm going to do what you want. What if you did that one day? What a difference it would make in your life. And then you would be so excited about it that the next day you'd say, man, that, I want to do that again. And you would start getting into a habit of choosing the right things instead of choosing the wrong things. It's, it's not rocket science, but it's not easy. 
you have to continue in the faith. You have to be grounded. You have to say, I'm not going to accept anything less than God's very best. And when you take that commitment and you say, okay, I'm going to do this. Every day, I'm going to do this. I'm going to actively think before I do something, you know, is this really what I need to be doing? Before I click on that button, before I go to this place, before I pick up a phone, before I do anything, be thinking, Lord, what do you want me to do? Worship team, y'all can come back.